This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Ich wart seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Hello and welcome to Gegenpressing, the German football podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm your host, Bryce Dunn, and as always, we'll go through the weekend results. So, starting on Friday night, we've seen Augsburg at home to Borussia Dortmund, and a bit of a shock here, 2-1 Augsburg managed to win. Going into Saturday, we had Schalke 0, Dusseldorf 4, yeah, that one's also correct, uh, Bayer Leverkusen 2, Freiburg 0, Eintracht Frankfurt 3, Hoffenheim 2, Hertha Berlin 2, Mainz 1, Nuremberg 0, RB Leipzig 1. The late kickoff game on Saturday, seeing Borussia Mönchengladbach 1, Bayern Munich 5. On Sunday, then we had Stuttgart 5, Hanover 1, and Wolfsburg 1, Werder Bremen 1. So, yes, that concludes uh, match day 24, the results. Um, I suppose I might as well introduce uh, the other fellas on the podcast. I'm going to start off with Chris Williams. Chris, I'm asking the question to you. What's going on in my head is, what's the point of it all anymore? Yes, it looks now like um, Bayern could be taking the title, doesn't it? Uh, just on behind on goal difference. Um, yeah, it's got a, a similar ring to it. But we'll wait and see. There's a title fight now. We all wanted a title race. We've got one. Yeah, we certainly do. So we shouldn't complain too much. Um, it's going to be uh, a rather interesting one, isn't it? Um, moving into the the next few weeks, the final stages of the season. Uh, Manu Vett also joins Chris and I. Manu, how are you? You're back across the water now. Yeah, I am. Um, had a busy night yesterday. Um, first, the start of the MLS season. Um, a league that seems to be a bit more exciting maybe in the next few match days because we don't actually know what's going to happen. I, I'm I'm a little worried that um, we're going to get a little bit of the same old, same old, um, the coming match days in the Bundesliga, the way um, the results have panned out this weekend and the way Bayern are being very, very much their former selves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we obviously would like, um, you know, if we're being, I suppose, even neutral, you know, we, we would like to see a, a new a winner, a new champion of the Bundesliga. But a title race we do have. It's very close. And let's start with Borussia Dortmund, who obviously had a massive advantage. Uh, they were several points clear. Um, and now that's down to only goal difference. Um, on Friday night, we've seen Augsburg, who were on a horrible run of four, uh, beat them 2-1. Uh, Chris, um, this is a massive concern, isn't it, for Dortmund? They they really seem to be uh, in the thick of a crisis at the moment when it comes to the title race. Well, yeah, we thought they'd um, moved out of the crisis situation they were in with a, a good result last weekend. But yeah, this is a really poor performance. Um, if you're going to think about a team going for the title, Borussia Dortmund um, have shown um, in this particular game that maybe they don't have the fight for it. What was being a normally 
tremendous midfield I thought was average. Um, Witzel and Delaney both had an off night. I don't think you can afford to have um, either of your holding midfielders have a poor performance. And, and they both um, had, well, a, a terrible game. And then even the attacking three in front of those, uh, Brun Larsen, um, Royce and Sancho, missed opportunities early on and, and then didn't really look like a side that that were going to do anything and, and create anything. And of course, it was only the, the introduction of Paco Alcacelle on that allowed Dortmund to grab a goal back. But even then, I think the game had, um, the, the writing was all over it early on that, that Dortmund weren't going to win this game. And, and when Augsburg went two up, I think it was through, well, it was through a, a tremendous goal um, and one of the best that I've seen all season, a tremendous finish from G. So completely deserved of that. But if we're going on about maybe freshening the Bundesliga up and, and getting some excitement in, and we all really wanted Borussia Dortmund to, to win this, but it had all the feel, and I know we spoke of that at the time, it had all the feel of, of the game against Tottenham where they just looked second best throughout and, to do it against Augsburg, you quite rightly said, have been dreadful lately. Um, not too good. I mean, Augsburg played very well against Bayern, but Bayern found that winner, um, and they're in that they're in that stride now. Bayern Munich and Dortmund couldn't match it. Dortmund couldn't even get a draw. Yeah, definitely alarm bells are ringing, aren't they, at the moment? So, Manu, it, are we destined to see Bayern back at the top um, come the end of the season? Uh, if if not, then what exactly would Dortmund have to do to change things? Well, they they got to start beating teams that are well below them. Um, I think I think when you look at the the last few performances, and I think there's been a few performances now, right, where where we where we have looked at um, where we have, where they have faced teams from the bottom half of the table, all started on match day 16 when they played against Fortuna Düsseldorf, and they lost that game. Um, basically because of two shots and when you look throughout this entire season they they drop points to Hannover they drop points to Düsseldorf they drop points to um Augsburg now um and Nuremberg these are all teams that you have to beat and i think you know i think when when you look at the results over the um the last month um, we have to remember february 2nd um, they were 7 points clear ahead of bayern um, they managed in a month to throw away seven points. That's um, in itself quite remarkable. And we'll get to Bayern in a moment. But you know, Bayern have never, in the history of the Bundesliga, won a title when they when they were seven points behind um, at the stage um, on match day twenty. Um, and it, it looks like very much that it, that they could back that record as well. Um, and I think really what it comes down to, and I think Matthias Sommer said that quite well on Eurosport, is that. It's not enough to give 60% against some of the lower teams. You have to be there and ready in every game. And you have to, um, you have to, you can't just do it against the better teams. You have to do it against every team. You have to be efficient against every team. I think when you look at this performance in midfield, they were very sloppy. The, the amount of balls that they gave away, um, silly balls that they gave away, um, in midfield, you can't do that against any side. I mean, Augsburg might be down in the bottom half of the table, might be facing relegation, but they also scored twice against Bayern, had them on the brink of um, a defeat as well. So they're not. The Bundesliga is is a difficult league, Bryce. It's a league with just eighteen teams. Um, there isn't a big drop um, like there is in other competitions in Europe where they have twenty teams, right? Um, the, the, it really does mean that you have to take every opponent very serious. And I think that is really what it comes down to. They have to start taking these games more serious than they are. And I mean, they're playing Stuttgart next. And um, again, this is something that we're going to discuss later on, but Stuttgart won 5-1 today. And, you know, usually you would say, okay, well, this is a game that they should be winning, but they have to take this game very, very serious. Yeah, Chris, I mean, Manu makes a good point, you know, that's, they're dropping points uh, against, um, you know, no offense to those teams, but you know the 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 smaller teams in the division. Um, the, they've only picked up six points out of the last possible fifteen. Uh, do you think that they've got a real issue when it comes to playing these these smaller sides or lower league sides? Uh, and what exactly is the is 
is it that's uh, making them perform this way against them? Are, are they just underrating them? It's a very good question. Are, are they underrating them or do they have a big game mentality? Because when Dortmund have played um, sides in and around the top six, they, they've done quite well. They've put in very impressive performances. Um, I mean, if you think back to earlier on in the season, it took uh, Paco Alcasa a fantastic free kick right in um, in the, the dying moments of the game to beat Augsburg. So they will have known from um, past experiences this season that Augsburg can be a difficult opponent. Now, you are quite right in saying, is it a problem? Because, yeah, they're, they're dropping points to uh, Nuremberg. They're dropping points to Hanover. They're dropping points to Augsburg, as Manu said. These are teams that are locked in the bottom four, bottom five places of the league. And um, maybe it is a mindset. And Manu's quite right. If you want to win the league, you, you have to... You have to, and I don't mean this in in any bad way. You have to beat the dross. You you have to go out and you have to beat Nuremberg. You have to beat Hanover. They have to go out and beat Stuttgart next week. And these are sides that are struggling for form and and don't know whether they're going to get beat one week five one or they're going to win one week five one. Dortmund need to be able to go and put two and three and pass these teams, or they need to be able to win very ugly, um, which Bayern have done on occasion. Manu was there against Hertha Berlin where. They they won a game that probably they should have drew, but that's what champions do. Champions find a result from somewhere when it looks unlikely. And had Dortmund turned over that um, turned over that result in Augsburg on on Friday night, if I mean we're looking, they scored in the eighty first minute. If they would have scored another two in those final eight minutes, you're talking about a team who are up for the title and up for a title test and. You know, aren't scared of anyone, and and now we're talking about a team maybe who has a big game attitude. But even then, look at the performance they put in against Tottenham Hotspur that in the Champions League. That's a big game, and that wasn't a big game performance. So, unfortunately, they're hitting a, a ropey patch, um, a bad vein of form, just at the time when teams who win titles really start to kick in. And I think if we have a glance down um, the sounds of southern side of Germany into Munich, that is exactly what Bayern are doing now. They're finding their feet right at the end of winter, early spring, which if you want to win a league title, this is when you find your form. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Michael Zorc, um, sporting director at Dortmund, is pointing out uh, uh, that they've got very much a, a young side, um, a side that uh, weren't expected to win the title this year. But he makes the point that, you know, when you're top and you're top for quite some time, you don't exactly then want to finish fourth, do you? It, um, it kind of makes fourth or even any other position look so much worse, doesn't it? Um, Manu, just how do you see the rest of the season going for Dortmund? Do you think they can pull out of this one? Do you think if they're not going to win the title, they'll probably finish second? Or should they be a little bit concerned about teams like RB Leipzig, who are you know, on fine form, um, You know, they're not exactly losing games, and they could catch up with them in time? Yeah, um, I, I'm not too concerned that they're going to drop down too far the table. I think... You know that this next match day um, is going to be a very big one for Dortmund um, because, as I said, that that game against Stuttgart that will be one that they will have to win. And I look at I look at Bayern and um, they're playing Wolfsburg, and Wolfsburg have have had a good season, right? Um, although they they seem to be hitting a little bit of a crisis between the, the sporting director and the head coach, not not knowing what they want to do um, going into the next season. But um, at the same time, I think. Um, Dortmund, then this is going to be a big one for them. Then they need to win this and, um, really just to keep the pressure up on Bayern. Because my big concern is, and this is, this is something that we, we need to discuss as well, is this might be the best opportunity in a long time to win the title, to, to dislodge Bayern at the very top of the table. Um, and I think, and um, Michael Zorg said this, said this quite well, um, in, in an interview to the um, Rheinische Nachrichten today, that if you when you were first for this long, you don't want to finish fourth at the end of the season. You know, um, although they have a very young side, they have the third youngest side in the Bundesliga. They have a side that 
um, is very much still in development. I, mean, I remember we, we were on this podcast um, at the beginning of the season and um, we asked Farber on, on several occasions when we went to the games there, um, what are the expectations? And he used to always kind of put the, take the foot off the pedal and warn journalists in particular that this is still very much a work in progress, that the site is not the site that he eventually wants to build. But at the same time, I mean, Sork said, if you were fourth, if you were first for this long, you don't want to finish fourth. So, you know, they, everyone knows that this is a chance to dislodge Bayern at the very top because Bayern had this big, big phase of transition. They're still in some ways are vulnerable, um, although we got to talk about Bayern and what they did this weekend in the moment. But I think they're still vulnerable. And this is this is a year where you can get them because... And I've heard this on many occasions, and I think Hoeneß in particular um, on TV shows has been very aggressive about it. You can read between the grapevine who Bayern is going to bring in, what kind of players they're going to sign, the things that they are planning to do next summer um, mean that they are they are going to probably cap off a rebuild phase um, by splashing big time on the transfer window. And you know, I think you you kind of worry for Borussia Dortmund that if they don't take this opportunity, if they don't get Bayern when they're weak, how are they going to put a dent into a Bayern side that has been maybe refurbished in the summer? And I think this is something that, that is really worth considering. I think there's a massive chance here. And I'm really worried at Dortmund at taking that massive chance with both hands and throwing it out the window. Yeah, not so good. Um, I mean, Chris, if we speak to you a little bit um, about that topic as well, you know, that, that this is... Is this an opportunity that Dortmund really have to be taking? I mean, with this young side, will it be the case that next year, if they fail to win the championship, it'll affect them? Or do you think they'll maybe grow on it, you know, they'll learn from this? Uh, and will, I suppose, with Bayern looking to invest, are they going to be a better side next year? Or is it going to be still another transitional period for them and therefore another opportunity for Dortmund? I personally think this is Dortmund's best chance of winning the league for the next maybe two to three seasons and, and maybe even longer after that. Manny's quite right. And although I was quite sceptical at first, I'm now coming around to the idea that Bayern are probably going to spend a lot of money that they're not really keen on doing. Um, they're going to do that in the summer. They're going to build um, a very strong squad. And if this Dortmund side fail to win the league after leading it so commandingly, you worry what that'll do mentally to them. And and the flip side of that is this Bayern side will be will win their seventh title in a run and they at some point will go, actually, we were seven points behind at one point. We're unstoppable. We've won seven leagues on a trot and we've strengthened and we're going to make it eight. And all of a sudden you give a team that is world class, you give them the mental opportunity to be even better and then you have, they have the financial opportunity to make that squad even better still um, then it is a self-perpetuating motion where they will just breed um, a winning formula again and I do think that if, if Dortmund don't win the, the title this season then they won't be able to build from it where do you go where do you where do Dortmund go from this year uh, if they don't win the title okay maybe they've learned a few things and they'll have a good crack at it next year but I think as as a mental part of the game and, and the, the mental side of football is massive. If Dortmund don't win this league, then that's what they will start next season as we should have won this league. And I've seen it, Bryce, many, many times before across different leagues in Europe where a team that just misses out on the title or a team that throws away a title um, the season after, they have a terrible time because no one's able to move on from it. And it has to end with, Wholesale changes, manager changes, players changing, um, coaches changing. You have to get rid of of the mentality that just breeds losers. And and I'm not saying Dortmund are, are a squad full of losers because they're not. But what I'm saying is if they don't win this title when they've had the best shot, is all those players that they've got have then got that monkey on their back of not winning the title and how does that affect them in next year's Pokal? How does that affect them in next year's Champions League? Um, and, the, and it's how teams fall apart from going from commanding positions like this to losing. Um, so it's going to be a real test of character for them. And my main concern for, for Borussia Dortmund is that 
um, we go into match day 25 next week, um, and that is just three before the massive clash against Bayern. And if Dortmund are any more than two points behind Bayern when that game is played, I think that game will be pretty much a title possession because that would be Bayern winning and going five points clear with very few games left to play. Yeah, you would you'd probably think that that would be the nail in the coffin of that title race, wouldn't you? But um, we mentioned guys that you know they're, they're struggling against the uh, the smaller teams or the the teams lower in in the Bundesliga standings at the moment. Um, and that maybe they thrive on big games. Um, midweek, they're going to be playing uh, Tottenham Hotspur. A very quick um, answer from both of you is yes or no. Um, Manu, can they possibly uh, pull this one round? Not the way they've been playing lately. I mean, where are the goals are supposed to come from, right? I mean, you can, you can, I guess you can say that Marco Royce had a game, uh, had his first game back after injury, and maybe he was still looking for his form, but... Look, if you concede twice against Augsburg, you're going to concede against um, Tottenham and the moment they concede, this game is over. So I, I was a little bit, uh, you know, when they lost that game against Tottenham, I actually thought that they they actually played quite well for, for 80, 85 minutes. That game could have gone either way and uh, in at Wembley. And then um, they kind of just they pulled a Dortmund. And you can look at that game actually and, and maybe see that as the whole catalyst of where it all went wrong in February for them it's really fascinating really that the same thing happened to them last year when they faced Tottenham they lost that game 3-0 remember in the Champions League group stage and we're never the same again and it looks like maybe the same thing happened to them again just you know half a year later Um, and I just don't I can't see it Christ, I just can't. I, I'd be, I'd be happy if they pull it around, but I just can't see it. And Chris, any possibility for them? Uh, no, I, I don't think they will. I, I think Tottenham have been um, playing quite well recently, especially in Europe. Um, Harry Kane's due back. Uh, he likes scoring in the uh, Westfalen Stadion. And to be honest, Bryce, I think with Dortmund's problems at the moment, um. I think a Champions League exit would, would do them well because I don't think they've got the quality to win the competition. So go out now and, and just concentrate on the league while they've got no distraction. If they were to get themselves back in the league, get through against Tottenham, uh, maybe pull um, one of the even bigger sides in the next round of the competition and were to pick up any injuries, I think that would, would hurt them domestically. Um, I think Dortmund have had a great crack at the Champions League. Getting through to the latter stages is brilliant, especially after last season's debacle going out of the group stages and then dropping out of the Europa League in embarrassing fashion. I think they've built on that this year. But as I've said earlier, this is the best chance they're going to have of winning the league for the next, well, maybe foreseeable future. And I think the Champions League is an unwelcome distraction. But Bryce, maybe to add to this, I think they need to win this game on uh, midweek. I think just for, it doesn't matter if they go through, but they have to win against Tottenham just to get that, get the confidence going again. I think if they lose that game as well, um, the same way that they lost the return, then I think they're in real trouble. I think you could be right, Manu. I was going to suggest that as well, that they need a performance, don't they? Just to lift spirits, even if they don't progress through to the next run. But guys, let's move it into Saturday and let's talk about Champions uh, Bayern Munich, uh, they were facing a late kickoff game. Uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, a side that were third, but after this result have fallen to fourth. Uh, 5-1 was the final score. We kind of high hopes that this might be a close one. Uh, Chris, it, it wasn't the case, was it? I mean, we, we the game was over effectively after 11 minutes. Uh, yes, Stindl scored his 50, 50th uh, Bundesliga goal to him. Um, to claw one back, but then almost just as quickly in the second half, it was gone once again. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a. It was a fixture decided by opening seconds, um, wasn't it? Uh, Javier Martinez scored after what two minutes. Um, Serge Gnabry, um, sorry, Lewandowski scored early on, didn't he? After that, um, it was just a. Oof. It was just a, a show by Bayern that they're not prepared to give up the title fight. And, and I was bitterly disappointed in um, in Gladbach. I thought they were dreadful for a side that have impressed 
through various parts of the season. And Bryce, I'm getting tired of saying the same thing week in, week out. You don't know what you're going to get with Borussia Mönchengladbach. That's their main problem. Their, their problem is the lack of consistency. And the only consistency they have is that they don't show any consistency. It wouldn't surprise me they go out and win 3-1-4-1-5-1 themselves this coming match day. But this was particularly a um, a poor show. And it was... Um, it was pretty much summed up by um, by Went at the end. He spoke spoke to the media and said it was crazy to let Bayern go two 0 up inside a few moments, and and then for them to go three one up in in a few seconds after the the restart. Yeah, it was it was very clinical, and by rights it wouldn't have been an embarrassment on Bayern's side for this to be seven or even eight one. Um, I thought they were very good. I, I covered. The um the thoughts for footballstart.com after that and, and one of my paragraphs was Bayern cannot shake their winning DNA no matter how hard they tried at times a seven straight Bundesliga crown now looks to be a dawning reality. Yeah, maybe to add to that, Bryce um, Gladbach. When you look at their results over the last four match days, they lost three 0 to Hertha, one one to Frankfurt, um, which was probably the better performances over the last four match days. Lost 3-0 to Wolfsburg and now 5-1 to Bayern. So that's um, 8, 10, 13 goals in four games. Um, yeah, I think they are side on the down. When you, when you, when you consider that they're now fourth, I think, um, I think they are a candidate for me to drop out of the Champions League positions altogether. I think when you look at, um, this is a, this is a, this is a team that we're going to talk about in a moment. But when you look at Eintracht Frankfurt and their performances of late, I think they are they are looking at the Gladbach side and they're saying we can catch them, no problem. That's three points. We're gonna get them. Um, next match day, I actually actually think next match day already Frankfurt will pass um, Gladbach to take that fourth spot because they have the better goal differential. That's a side. If you concede that many goals, you can't defend. Um, if you are struggling the way they are struggling, I, I think they, 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 you know, this they, Chris last year, you, when, when it came to Frankfurt, where they pulled something similar, you like, um, you send us a picture with an air balloon popping. I think that would be fitting to Gladbach at the moment. But, but Manu, what appears to be the issue? I mean, how can a team be playing so well and, you know, us singing their praises, even, you know, crazy talk we were saying about them possibly being in the, in the title race um i mean i mean now they're just they're a team that may not even finish uh fourth you know it's good goodness knows how they're even going to turn this around at the moment well maybe just found out a little bit bryce they 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 switched around the tactics um last last year last summer right and um they went from four four two uh to four three three and um Matt Marshall, um, who, who does a lot of the match coverage for Fußballstadt.com, he pointed this out that he doesn't think that Dieter Hacking is a flexible coach and tactically. And um, I think I, I sort of I sort of went against that a little bit by saying, well, he switched around the tactics last um, last summer. But I, I sort of see what he means by that because he is a he he managed to switch around the tactical um, schematics of the Gladbach side, right? And got them to play a more fluid attacking style that was harder to predict, but he doesn't seem to be able to do it on the fly, right? So he can do it over a lengthy preparation. He can give a team a new DNA, but it seems like almost okay. Now we're 24 matches in. Um, we all know what we're gonna get, and boom, that's it. You know, the the air is popping out of the air balloon because other teams have figured out how they are playing, and I think. I think that that's what's what's maybe been happening, and I think for hacking this is a real test because now he has to show, has to basically prove wrong what I just said. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see if he can move things around, maybe um, on the field and just be less predictable, I, I suppose, and maybe turn their season around and get that Champions League spot that they were they were hoping. And Chris, just to go back to uh, Bayern Munich. Um, you know, I suppose we're being a little bit cocky when it comes to Bayern. We're being a little bit downtrodden when it comes to Dortmund because of the recent forms. Um, but is it a foregone conclusion? You know, it's 
are Bayern going to win the league? And, and if we look at the fixtures um, to the end of the season, where do you see them possibly dropping points, if anywhere? Well, that's the big one, Bryce. I, at the minute, I can't see them dropping any points, and, and not because the teams that they're about to face aren't good enough. It's just the way Bayern are playing, the, the mindset they've got at the moment. Um, just take the game against Augsburg, where they were outplayed in, in vast majority of it, and Augsburg made them look quite ordinary. They managed a way to get the game to go in their way and to get a good result, and Dortmund haven't managed that. That is... Had the roles been reversed, had that been Bayern playing Augsburg on Friday night, I'm pretty sure that they would have found a way to win that match. So if you're going to look at where are um, where are Bayern going to drop points, well, they play Wolfsburg this coming match day, um, this coming weekend. There's a possibility they could drop points there, but it's at home. And, and certainly the way they played against Gladbach, you wouldn't expect them to go from a 5-1 win into a defeat or a draw. So I think they will take that 5-1 bounce into that match. Then after that, they're playing Mainz um, at home. I don't think that will be a problem for them. Um, then they've got Freiburg away. And another side who, who are, uh, are a brilliant side. And Christian Streich is a, is a great coach and it's a beautiful club. But every time Freiburg stay in the Bundesliga, they're punching above their weight. And it's good to see them, but I don't think they're a serious threat. Then we've got the Dortmund game um, and on current form at the minute. I think Bayern Munich win that. And then they've got Dusseldorf away and Werder Bremen at home um, before we get into the, the you know the final four match days. And I, I can't see them losing um, any, any games in between then. And then to finish off the season for them, um, they then play relegation candidates back-to-back. Um, so by the time match day 33 comes, when they will get a real test in RB Leipzig, I think it could be all over. And then obviously 34, they play Eintracht Frankfurt. So could they drop points? Yes, maybe match day 33 and maybe match day 34. And um, they're going to play two very strong sides there. That might be Dortmund's only hope at the moment, is that they can just hang on to their coattails until those final two days, uh, two match days, and, and maybe nick um, nick a, a title win because if anything's going to happen it, it's going to be those two days for me outside of that Bryce I, I can't see Bayern dropping points and that's why I said earlier it is essential that Dortmund stay one or two points behind them if they can't stay with them because as I say match day 33 and match day 34 there's a potential that Bayern could drop maybe I don't know six points is, is realistic but they could maybe drop four yeah it's um... At the form that they're in the moment, it, it doesn't look good for Dortmund, does it? And it looks, obviously, very good for Bayern Munich. Um, let's see how this one pans out in the uh, next few weeks. And hopefully, when we go into that Der Klassiker, it, it, you know, there'll be a lot to play for. Um, right, guys, let, let's talk about a game that had five goals on Saturday. Um, Manu slightly mentioned uh, Eintracht Frankfurt. They came back from 2-1 down. They really took the lead from a, a costage free kick. And I feel worth mentioning this. This was their first direct free kick goal in nearly four years. Incredible, eh? But they were 1-0 up, went down 2-1, and then came back right at the depth to beat um, Hoffenheim. Uh, they're in good form at the moment. That's um, successive victories um, in the league. And they're only three points behind Borussia Mönchengladbach. Manu, they're looking very good, aren't they, to get a Champions League spot at the moment? Well, yeah, because of, of Gladbach. And um, Gladbach are playing Mainz on on Saturday in the top spiel, right? And Frankfurt have the dreaded Monday fixture um, next week against Düsseldorf. So a uh, very good chance for them to, to pull even on points and um Go past Gladbach, maybe, um, or even maybe get close to Gladbach um, in case Gladbach do get some result, um, in case Gladbach do swing it around. But you know, Bryce, this is, this was a remarkable game against Hoffenheim. Um, I think probably the game of the of the weekend in in many regards because um, they were down two one until the eighty eighth minute. And to pull that game around the way they did it, and it, what I thought was was quite remarkable on this one is when when they did get the equalizer, you knew that they were going to win the game, and it's just that 
anyone who's been in that facility um, at the Waldstadion this season and has has felt the energy that this stadium can produce, you know that when when it swings around, when the mood swings around, where um, it is this the the Waldstadion develops an energy that is hard to beat. You know they have they literally have a 12th man in their fans and. I think that is, um, that, that's what turned it around for them. You could just, you know, the, the second goal went in and you knew, okay, they're going to win this game against a very good Hoffenheim side. And I think, um, when you look at their, their run this season, the, what they, they're putting together and we've been praising Frankfurt a lot on this podcast, rightfully so. You just get a sense that this could be a very special season. And you also get the sense that if they do reach the Champions League, if they if they manage to make that step in their development, they will be a permanent fixture in that top four for years to come because of the the financial backing that a city like Frankfurt has, the stadium which is going to get expanded for the uh, European 20 Championships in 2024. So it's going to get a makeover. Um, the the players that they have, the players that they're going to be able to hold on to if they make the Champions League, and just the fan base that is, you know, it's I I see Frankfurt as a similar club um, as Borussia Dortmund. It's a club that is an absolute sleeping giant that could that is just waiting to be kissed awake. And Champions League football would do exactly that. It would give them that level. I mean, you look at the performances in the Europa League, and I think they have they're having a massive game come up against Inter Milan. On Thursday, and when you look at those performances, I think they're they're ready for that. They're ready for that stage. They're ready to become that club. Yeah, I think they've demonstrated that, haven't they, in in the league um, quite often this season, but um, most certainly in Europe as well. They've they've looked fantastic. And uh, Chris, how excited would you be um, if Eintracht Frankfurt could continue this run and get a Champions League spot? For all the reasons that Manu said, I think it would be fantastic for, for German football primarily because the fans at Eintracht put on a, a display like no other. I think in the league, um, everyone goes on about Signal Iduna Park and, and what an atmosphere that is. And I think that's because just of how many people there, there are there and just of the sight of that banking, um, of the banking yellow wall on the, on the south side. But Frankfurt is is equally as uh, atmospheric and, and equally as 12th man-ish. And Manu's already said that they are a 12th man there. And I would love to see them in the Champions League. I still harbour a little bit of concern for them that it could really affect them the, the same way it did to RB Leipzig when they first made the Champions League and how that affected their um, the domestic form. But... This side have shown that in Europe this season they have been able to play exceptionally well midweek and still go out and do the business in the league on, on the weekend. So maybe there isn't that worry there for me to have. But for however good Frankfurt are, I mean, this is just... Uh, pick any game you want, Bryce, that Hoffenheim have played recently and, and have let goals slip um, and, and have let teams back into games where maybe they shouldn't have. And... Okay, I don't think the the second yellow card, the um, obviously the sending off for Adams helped, but I had a feeling that once that went in, that was going to be sort of a game changer, and that came not long after you would have thought that Hoffenheim had turned that game up. But Man is quite right. Once it went in um, on eighty eight minutes, once um, Sebastian Haller got that goal, um, it was only going to end one way, and and that's why I'd like to see them in the Champions League because. I think that's the sort of thing they do um, pretty much every home match day. It'd be full of drama and it'd be, it'd be great, not just for, for the city of Frankfurt, but I think for the whole country of Germany and for the whole of German football, if they were to be able to make um, you know the top table and sit at it, because I have a feeling they'd hold their own, especially playing like they have now. Could I mean, if they were in the Champions League this year, the way they've been playing, I could quite easily have seen them um, getting through second place in any one of those groups where other teams have got through. Yeah, very exciting times for the Eintracht Frankfurt fans. Uh, things have, have really come along nicely um, this season for them, haven't they? And yeah, I think they'd, they'd be uh, something special in the Champions League. Good for German football, as Chris said. Um, a side that are in the Champions League um, still uh, is Schalke. But things didn't quite go to plan for them at the weekend as they lost at home to Fortuna Dusseldorf. They, I mean, this is 
this is an absolute disaster. And uh, Chris, we'll, we'll actually go back to you on this one because you, you were mentioning um, to us in our chat just what, what a disastrous year it's been for Schalke. Yeah, how's it been? Um, well, I, I I saw this morning through the wonder of Facebook, um, and you know that on this day last year, I'd, I'd completely forgotten about it. It, it popped up, and it showed me um, sitting in the Veltins Arena, um, watching Schalke play Hertha Berlin, where they won to go second. Can can we remember those heady days when Domenico Tedesco's Schalke side was second in the Bundesliga? Well. It, it happened, and it happened on the 3rd of March 2018. And fast forward to the 2nd of March 2019, and they are getting, well, not just beaten, they are getting trashed at home by Fortuna Dusseldorf, who are, are, are doing remarkably well. Um, that's not a big side that they've beaten or they've taken points off. Um, and we shouldn't forget that Schalke are a big side, and... Okay, yeah, Schalke are technically still in the Champions League, Bryce, but I've technically got quite a lot of money, but I haven't because it's all invested in bricks and mortar. It's my house. I don't own it. The bank owns it. Schalke are just about in the Champions League in the same way that I've got plenty of money and I don't. You know, I'm a writer, just about make ends meet. So if anyone wants to send me loads of money on PayPal, feel free to. But joking aside, um, I, I am shocked that... Um, Schalke haven't sacked Tedesco because where do they go from here? Because I can only assume that come that second game against Manchester City in Manchester, that it will be a similar sort of scoreline to what we saw over the weekend, 4-0. Um, and, and yeah, it, it wasn't a happy sight at the end, was it, Manu, with Tedesco walking over and to try and quell the descent on, on, the, on the side of the ultras, who, let's not forget, these are the same ultras that um, walked out um, last time when they played, when they were away. Uh, they, they walked out the ground at Mainz um, before the end of the final whistle. It's not it's not gone too well. They were beaten 3-0 last week and obviously beaten 4-0 this week. And, and as we've said, for what? The past six, seven weeks, Schalke need to be thankful that the sides below them are dreadful. Yeah, but how much longer is that going to continue? I mean... We saw the results this week. Augsburg beat um, Dortmund. Stuttgart beat Hannover 5-1. I mean, you look at the table now. I mean, you're right. <laughs> they, they should be quite thankful. Schalke have 23 points. But they're only two points ahead of Augsburg and only four points ahead of Stuttgart and the way things are going. Um, that gap looks like to diminish. But yeah, you mentioned the ultras. It's... um. It's not not a good sign. The the desk looked like he was going to say goodbye. Actually, and in some ways, it looked like he was he was wave he was to say waving goodbye to the the ultras. And then there was um, a couple fans that came onto the pitch and um, demanded Stambouli to to hand over the uh, captain's armband. And there's a story behind that. The captain's armband actually reads Nordkurve, which is the the north north stand where. Um, where Schalke, the Schalke faithful are standing and the captain's armband, several armbands with names in, like written on them was actually handed over, um, last summer by the fans to the players, sort of as like, um, sort of to commemorate a really strong season that they played last year. And it's, it's kind of interesting how. Today's sponsor is brought to you by Nature Made, the number one pharmacist-recommended vitamin and supplement brand. Nourish by Nature Made is a personalized vitamin regimen that removes the guesswork of selecting supplements that are specific to you. Backed by 45 years of science, delivered right to your doorstep, and costing on average less than $2 a day. Nourish is your one-stop shop for customizable supplements. Visit Nourish.com to get started today. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? 
Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. The current results and the current atmosphere just have completely turned it around. I mean, we were talking about a club that seemed on the up just last summer, finished second in the league, and went from that to being a club that is... And I mean, we have to say this now, Chris. They are looking at the possibility of being relegated at the end of the season. Yeah, they, I mean, they are because if they are to fall into that 16th slot to that playoff slot, the the, the potential third-place team in Bundesliga 2, whoever that might be, are the teams that are fighting for it at the moment. I can't see Schalke um, winning against them over two legs. I, I can't see Schalke um, winning over anyone over two legs. And I think the problem with the relegation playoff is that for Schalke, is that it is over two legs. And I think Schalke have maybe got one good game in two out of them. And and that's not good enough when you play a double header. And you're quite right. We we looked a few uh, match days ago and, and Schalke looked to be safe. But, I mean, I can quite see Augsburg catching them. Whether Stuttgart can or not is a different matter. It's going to be very interesting if um, Stuttgart can take their massive win into the game against Borussia Dortmund who are on a bit of a slump and it'll be interesting especially if Dortmund come out of a, a defeat in the Champions League midweek and if they're not in the best of mindsets if Stuttgart take um, over that then yeah we could see Schalke's 14th place becoming 16th very soon and um, I don't think they've got it in them to, to drop lower than that, because I, I do genuinely think that Hanover and Nuremberg are, are that bad that there's no way they're going to catch anyone um, above them. But that 16th place now could belong to Schalke. And yeah, it's um, it could be a very strange season, especially if they were to finish 16th and Dortmund were to win the title. That would be um, one area... Um, in which you would want to spend some time come May because there will be um, lots of celebrations. You you look at Schalke's schedule. Um, they got Bremen next week. Then they got that, yeah, friendly against City. Um, I don't think it's going to be much more than that for them. <laughs> um, then they got Leipzig. And then they got Hannover. And that is a game that they will have to win um, because... But but Manu, it, it's it's that concerning at the moment that as even Chris said, you seventeenth know, place Hanover. We're saying that we, we don't really see them being able to pull out of it. But you know, it, it's got that bad that you think, well, I don't know if Schalke are even going to win that one. Oh no, you're right. I mean, and this is this is going to be as much as that was a much win game for Stuttgart today against Hanover. It will be the same for them at this stage. Because you look at you just look at the fixtures. Uh, right after that, they're playing uh, Bremen in the cup, right? So they haven't actually just, they're still in both cup competitions, right? So they have that. It's almost like something that they have to kind of take care of in between. And then they're playing Frankfurt, and then they're playing Nuremberg, um, which is another must-win game for them. And then after that, I mean, it gets it's get it gets really tough. Then they have Hoffenheim. Then they have Dortmund. Um, then they got Augsburg, and then on the final day of the season, um, before they before that they play Leverkusen on match three thirty three. But on the final day of the season, they got Stuttgart, and that is a game that at this stage, who knows what what that means? I mean, that could be the game that will push them over the edge to edge to sixteen place. The way it's, things have been going, that could almost be the playoff for the playoff. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at that, I mean, that it is such a dangerous thing to have a playoff before the playoff, isn't it? Because um, you lose that game, it is almost like a final in itself. And having lost a final before you even have to play a final 
it's kind of like when you're in the semifinals of the World Cup and then you have to, if you lose that game, you go into that third place match, right? It's kind of similar to that. I mean, it's a game no one wants to play. Um, your motivation has been completely drained from you because, like, yes, you are still fighting for survival, but then all of a sudden you're facing a side like Union Berlin or St. Pauli, who are, or maybe even worse, Hamburg or um, Köln. And to a team that has been winning more or less most of the games all season long has been playing good football and is very motivated to go up. Um, and you just lost that game that got you there. Whew, I, I don't know. Um, I think that is, that is definitely, I mean, such a big, big game on the final day of the season. I mean, we're, we're talking about the title race so much, but I think we're going to be talking about the relegation battle until the very last day of the season as well. And I think, man, what um, whoever gets that 16th place, and if it is Schalke at the end of the season, what they don't have the joy of um, that Wolfsburg had for the past two years is they aren't going to get a side as poor as Braunschweig, or they aren't going to get a side who are quite happy to stay in Bundesliga too, like Kiel were. They're going to get a team who, like you've said, Union Berlin, St. Pauli, Hamburg, or FC Köln, who all want to be in, in the top division. And the last few iterations of the of the relegation playoff throughout the whole tiers of German football have pretty much been a mismatch. But this particular one, this season, could be the time when the second division side um, get the promotion they need and all three sides go up from that division. And, and, and Schalke, yes, if they were to drop down, I think they're far too strong and, and they would be back up very, very quickly, if not the same season, um, or sorry, the season after. I don't think at the minute, especially with those in the league below, you can say that a side is too big to go down because the way Schalke are played, oh, they are dreadful. And yeah, you're quite right. The the game against Stuttgart on match day 34, I mean, everyone's been talking about Gladbach against Dortmund. Is that where Dortmund can win that match? Or Frankfurt, um, are they going to deny buying the title at home? I think on the biggest day, of the season, the very last day, that could be one of the biggest games. Yeah, I absolutely would go along with that. And I'm, I'm just like pulled up the Bundesliga two standings and the top four teams. Um, and this is a caveat because Hamburg have one game in hand. They're playing Monday, right? Against Kreuter Fürth. So they, they're likely going to go second again. But you're looking at Köln with 48. You're looking with Hamburg if they win that game with 47. Um, then you have Union Berlin and on 44 and then St. Pauli on 43. And only then after a long gap, you get Holstein, Kiel and Heidenheim and Paderborn, you know, teams that you want to face. But I mean, four teams with Bundesliga ambitions in the top four of Bundesliga two. That's, that's where you're going to face. And I mean, this is, this is the, again, I said this earlier on the podcast is the beauty of the Bundesliga. It's a league with just 18 teams. And it means that, um, you know, when you, when you look at England, Spain and Italy, where you have 20 teams in the first flight, um, they, sometimes there's a bit more of a gap. Um, you have four or five teams with Bundesliga ambitions and Bundesliga two at any, any stage. I mean, that, that's just how German, Germany is as the most populous country in Europe with the most big cities in Europe. That's just the reality of life in German football. And the reality of life is that with Köln and Hamburg, there's two huge markets waiting to get back into the top flight. So it, it goes quick. You know, you're not safe. Too big to fail doesn't exist in German football. It, it's It's not, I mean, you look at Stuttgart, you look at, you look at Stuttgart and Hannover, teams that went down. Nuremberg is a big city as well. It, that 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 scenario, that concept of big to fit, too big to fail, doesn't exist in German football. And may we just uh, mention what a fantastic victory it was for Fortuna Dusseldorf, uh, their coach uh, Funkel, um, managing to beat Schalke on his twentieth attempt. His first attempt was nineteen ninety seven. So congratulations to him um, let's go into the Sunday games and obviously that massive loss by uh, Schalke has dragged them into a bit of a relegation battle but um, another side that won by four goals uh, was Stuttgart uh, Stuttgart have had a, a rather rough time of late as well but um, this makes things very close at the bottom doesn't it Chris 
Yeah, it does. And I enjoy a relegation dogfight just as much as I enjoy a title race. And I think that's the beauty of this league. And, and ever since we've been doing this podcast for, what, three years now, every year we've said, OK, let's just pause and let's take our eyes off the top of the league because look what's going on at the very bottom. And once again, it's not disappointing. And Stuttgart have gone this match day from... From just look, I mean, let's just throw back four or five weeks ago where um, Marcus um, Weinseel's side couldn't, they couldn't even buy a draw at times. And they've gone out and battered Hanover 5-1. And yes, this Hanover side are dreadful, um, but this is just such a big performance for them. And it was from front to back as well, by um, as well, Bryce. They're not, could you buy Munich then, Bryce? Um, from front to back, it, it wasn't just dependent on Mario Gomez or Espine, they are able to get goals from the back, they're able to get goals from the middle and that is a really, really positive thing to come because when you're down there fighting for survival, you can't just say oh, it's just going to be our attackers that are going to get the goal, you need to get goals from everywhere else, goals from other places on the pitch and to be able to get four out of your five goals from your defenders and your midfield is is just wonderful for Stuttgart at this such a crucial time. And are Stuttgart going to hit the right vein of form at just at the right time? I said it earlier about winning the championship. You know, those who can do this time of year, what's well, the same for relegation? Those who don't want to go down, they start playing and those who can do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I mean, uh, Manu, if we go to you, on this uh, case, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this relegation battle as we t- covered Schalke. I mean, how do you see Stuttgart's chances of staying up? I know they have Schalke last game of the season, but you know they've they've got a lot of work to do in the meantime to to put up a bit of a fight. I mean, this was a a very impressive victory, but in in recent weeks, you know that they, they've really struggled to put any points on the board at all. Yeah, and before this match day, they've only scored 19 goals and um, they're now at 24. So um, a goal a game, thanks to a five-goal performance, a five-star performance, right? Um, but they've got Dortmund next week, then they got Hoffenheim, and then they got Frankfurt. That's ooh, that's a tough task. I mean, yes, Dortmund have been struggling, but uh, Dortmund and is, did Dortmund get the wake-up call that they needed, right? They, they think this is one of the themes that we have to look into heading into next week's matches. Dortmund finally woken up and realized that they have to beat smaller sides. And then they're playing Hoffenheim, which can be um, very much hot and cold. And then Frankfurt. Um, Yeah, don't think we need to say too much more about them. And then it's Nuremberg. That's that's four very difficult games, all with their own difficulties. You know, three game teams that are in the top of the table on a team that you need to beat in order to survive. And... Um, it doesn't get easier after that. You have Leverkusen after that, and then you have the Swabian derby against Augsburg. So, um, yeah, uh, I think, I, th- I, I think, I think next week they need to confirm that performance. Um, even if they lose the game, they have to play well, Bryce. And, and I think that might very much will depend on that. Yeah. Th- things obviously, as we said, um, looking much better for them after that result, you know, the, there was goals going in um, and beating uh, one of the other sides uh, in that part of the table. Um, and I mentioned that they hadn't picked up points in recent weeks. They hadn't picked up a victory since uh, the 15th of December. So, I mean, things are looking a little bit better. But Chris, um, they have Dortmund next. Do they have any chance of taking points off Dortmund? We we already mentioned that Dortmund do struggle against the, the sides lower down the table. I genuinely think, Bryce, that... Everything on this game for Dortmund goes on how they get on midweek. I think if they can get a positive result against Tottenham, and um, if that's a win, um, I think Stuttgart will will find it hard. I think if Dortmund um, either draw or are comprehensively well beaten by Tottenham, I think Stuttgart have a chance to, to maybe sneak a point. I think maybe all three might be beyond them because, as Manu's quite said, the realisation for Dortmund now is that they have to start picking up points against a smaller side. So um, that will be further exasperated if they go out against Tottenham. Then they will, Favre will have to get them up for this game and, and they could face a backlash, Stuttgart could. But with Dortmund playing the way they have of recent, um, I, I do think Stuttgart have got a decent chance, but it all 
depends on, on Tuesday night's fixture. If, As I say, if Dortmund can win that, I think they go into that game with Stuttgart on a high. If they don't, um, if, if, as I say, if they get beaten, um, get, if they get a hiding from Tottenham, or if it's a, a, a pretty nothing affair, nil-nil result, then I think Stuttgart have got a chance. Yeah, most certainly. Um, I'm sure they'd be delighted to take even just a point um, in that next uh, game against uh, Dortmund. Guys, if, if we, we've talked quite a bit about the uh, relegation battle uh, and, and we've said that Nuremberg, you know, it, it's done and dusted for them really, isn't it? I, I mean, that's 18 games without a win now. Hanover looked pretty nailed on. Um, but that then drops to uh, the 16th place, which, yes, uh, as we mentioned, is, is the playoff uh, relegation game. I mean, after this match day, Manu... Who do you see possibly being in that position? I mean, with Schalke, Augsburg and Stuttgart being only separated by four points. You mean who's going to be 16th? Um, Yeah. I can't answer that question. (laughs) I don't want to... Who do you want to be in that position? I think we would know. Um... Yeah, it's. I think you know. Honestly, the, the, it's so hard to say because at the moment you look at what Augsburg did on Friday, but then you look at Stuttgart. But you look at Stuttgart's schedule. I think Stuttgart have the toughest schedule ahead of them um, still because Augsburg have taken care of. They have played against Bayern and Dortmund now, right? So um, that that's already a big one for them out of the way, and I think that really favors that really favors Augsburg and that and. and in this instance in particular, we don't know what's going to happen with Schalke. I mean, by the time this podcast is out, Tedesco could be gone. And how will that affect Schalke going forward? So I I think that Stuttgart are the side that are currently still looking to be favorites to finishing 16th. But who knows? It it really it all depends on, on the next few results. I mean, the truth is on the, on the field, right, Bryce? Um, that's an old, good old German saying right there. Yeah, very true, very true indeed. Uh, and Chris, just uh, one final um, comment from you. Who do you think after this match they will finish in that 16th? I'm a little hesitant to nail my colours to the mast. Maybe ask me again after match day 30 when Augsburg and Stuttgart play each other. Oh, yes, indeed. Um, well, guys, that more or less uh, does it for this week. Um, apart from uh, Manu, uh, Team of the Week. Yeah, our team of the week, uh, we had to put this one quickly together. Um, so, uh, Chris, I think we more or less agree this week. It doesn't happen that often. No, we did. But we, yeah. we, are, we are in agreement 11 times, which um, I think is very, um, very fortunate and, and very good. Yeah, it is. It makes it really easy. So I'm just going to rattle off the names. Um, we had in goal, we have Kobel, who was excellent against Borussia Dortmund. Um, I think when you saw that match, it, it becomes quite clear. Why he, he's our keeper of the week. And then in defense, Tar, Kabak, Stark. Stark once again was excellent for, for Hertha. Uh, Kabak, um, for Stuttgart. Tar for Leverkusen, of course. Then Suba, um, when he scored twice, like he did, um, you know, very easy choice. And then a midfield, Bayern midfield trio of Martinez, Thiago, Hames. Again, beat Gladbach 5-1. Uh, very easy. He for Augsburg. Um, double double score, of course, against Borussia Dortmund. Um, he was my man of the match in my OTW that I did on on Friday. Uh, Lewandowski, um, take that, Didi Hamann. He scored twice as well. And then Leon Bailey to round up our 11. Yeah, I think that's fair enough, guys. Um, I mean, it's going to happen eventually, wasn't it, that you're both going to pick the same 11. And I, I think they're... There's not many people that we could really swap in there after that match day. Um, that does it. We've got midweek games uh, with the Champions League, uh, and then we're going to be, and then obviously the Europa League as well. So it's going to be a busy week across the football grad network, guys. If you need to um, get any more information on the games that are going on, or or just some of the wonderful articles wrote by wonderful writers on there, head over to at Football Grad Live on Twitter. There's always more information and more articles on there every day. Um, Manu, is there anything that you would like to draw people's attention to this week? Uh, no, you pretty much said it. We have the um, Champions League previews come out. Um, you know, by the time this podcast is out, a, a couple of them at least should be on the page. And then we, of course, we do the Europa League. We do the 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 Russian sides and the Bundesliga. And then one leftover Bundesliga side. 
um, those will be all uh, on Fußballstadt and footballgrad.com. So, yeah, the same as always, a busy week, match reports and etc. coming your way as well. And Chris Williams, same for you? Exactly the same. So not only are we in agreement at Team of the Week, um, I've got nothing to add, Bryce. Everything for you, European delights will be at fushballstat.com perfect well that was easy easy end to the podcast this week i didn't even have to interject with uh, any of the players or anything so oh, i think we can leave on that note after covering uh, this match day in depth enjoy the uh, midweek games the european matches and no doubt the bundesliga will be back upon us uh at the blink of an eye, really. Um, until then, uh, I've been your host, uh, Bryce Dunn. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BryceDunn11. Auf Wiedersehen. Ich war seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt als wär's ein Rhythmus als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen, dich abzuholen. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.